Hey Dan, what's up? Nothing much. It's Wednesday, February thirteenth, and today is episode number twenty-nine. We're getting up there, and it's just me and you today. Matt's having car issues, so he cannot be here, sadly. Um, preview today's episode. We're basically just gonna be talking Cubs, maybe a little White Sox, and uh, mostly college basketball. It's gonna be a very heavy college basketball episode. Um, so if you are coming from Reddit and you just want to hear the college basketball talk, I will put the time we started talking about that in the description. So let's get into it. Pitchers and catchers report, Danny. Or how excited are you? Baseball's back. Does does it get like does it get you off seeing the pictures of like just people playing catch? It does. Okay, yeah, yeah I really it really gets me going because I mean. I've been deprived of football for a week and a half. I know we had the AAF start off. It was kind of bad, but it really gets me going. I mean, the once the spring training games, that's when you know it's like really bad. But gives you gives you a little tingle when you see the pitchers and catchers report all the pictures. Guys are ready to go. Oh, yeah. It's been too long. I think it's for another. I think it's the twenty sixth is the first day of games or the twenty second. I forget. Mm-hmm. So we're about around 10, 12 days out. Yeah, right. and the Cubs played. The Cubs played like that's like Friday or Saturday because the first game I think is on like a Thursday. They for they Cubs play that first like Friday or Saturday, and they play against the Brewers on their first uh, spring training game. Um, their first spring training game is February twenty third, which is what day would that be? That's a Saturday. Saturday, okay. Um, so that that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I know just seeing like the videos and everything. It gives it gives me a chubby, but then seeing that first game against the Brewers, although it's going to be like three starters and like six other scrubs, like mm-hmm. it, it'll it'll go from six to twelve. It'll get me going. Um, yeah, I'm trying. What can we do for the Cubs star? I don't know expectations because we're gonna have like a bigger episode, like a full Cubs preview. And I don't want this episode to be our Cubs preview, but like of the pitchers, who do you think has the most to prove on the staff? Darvish. I mean, Darvish, pretty, Darvish and then Quintana. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's pretty obvious who who has to prove something this year. Quintana, I mean, he he had his good starts last year, but really was not, you know, what he was with the Sox or what he was during that half the season when he was with us when he got traded. And obviously, Darvish, who we signed for for a bajillion dollars and started what six games. Who are you more confident having like a ba- like bounce back season? Like I know obviously Darvish has the higher ceiling, but like who are you more confident had like playing to their like best, Darvish or Q? Oh, Q. I mean, I think Darvish, obviously, he's banged up all the time. Whereas Q, it's not it's not an injury thing. Q is Q knows how to pitch his game, whereas Darvish kind of overthinks it a little bit. I think Q has a better opportunity. He doesn't have much to improve on compared to Darvish. Yeah. Where, like, Q doesn't have to come back for, you know, like, he doesn't have a longer way to go than Darvish. Uh-huh. If you know what I mean. No, no, you mean I, – I think I disagree. I think Darvish is going to, like – has the better chance to bounce back. Cause like, he did his first interview, like, with the media today, and it's the first time – I don't know if it's the first time ever in his career or the first time with the Cubs, but he used no translator. Like, he's trying to do English only with him, just himself. Like, that speaks confidence right there. You're If you're a, a shattered man and you're not confident, you're not just going in there – stumbling around your words like he's I think he's confident with himself he said he feels confident mentally physically so I think he's gonna have a real like bounce back year where Q like 
things numbers were down, velocities were down, like hard hit ball rate was up a little bit where he might just like gradually be on the decline where I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I totally buy into the uh, Darvish speaking English shows confidence because I mean, you see, you've seen it before with uh Yasiel Puig who, when he's, when he's going through like a huge uh, cold streak and people are really ragging on him, he kind of reverts back to, um, I think he speaks Spanish, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, he wrote and he reverts back to Spanish. I mean, you've seen. I think Manny Ramirez used to do that a lot too. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely buy into that. That him trying to speak English rather than translator is you know some form of confidence, I guess. Like Sammy Sosa when he was in court about steroids, just saying he didn't speak English anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that was crazy. But uh, let's see, catcher wise. I don't know if we want to go into the catchers, but I think Willie with a new hitting coach like that will improve Willie so much. And he said he's going to wear the sleeve and he's going to talk to MLB about it. The sleeve is fucking huge. He needs the sleeve. It's like an extra like superpower having the sleeve. It's like, uh, what's the kid's name in Big Daddy when he wears the sunglasses? Fuck. Oh, um, it's it's the fucking kid from Zach and Cody. Cole Sprouser or Dylan Sprouse, one of the two. Like, it, those are his sunglasses. Like, he feels comfortable. Like, his buddy was, like, Scuba Steve or yeah, whatever. Scuba Steve. But when he uh, he wore the sunglasses when he wanted to be invisible. Yeah. That's a good movie, Big Daddy. I'm, I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid flick. I um, mean, it's one of, one of Sandler's best. Fucking Brandon Morrow came out today that he's going to start the season, like, on the DL already. Great start. That's what you want to see from Brandon Morrow. It's not, oh. it's not the DL anymore. You oh, that? Yes. It's the, uh, it's the I the I L injured list. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna screw that up so much this year. And it's not like I'm not trying to shit on disabled people. It's just it's just D L. D L comes off so much better than I L. Like he, yeah, he's does. he's on the ill. Um, D L and I R sound so much better than I L. Exactly. Um, bullpen wise, we still haven't added anyone besides uh, Brad Brock. Same bullpen as last year, basically, except take out uh um justin wilson mm-hmm. basically i don't know jesse chavez jesse chavez he's gone but i think they're, they're gonna have to add someone midseason because this bullpen i don't think is enough to win a world series this is the only part of the club where i don't think it's good enough to win a world series i think they'd be good but just through seven games to rely on it with this pitching staff like they are gonna mm-hmm. have to rely on the bullpen because especially once you get into late october early november oh, Upper 30s, John Lester, upper 30s, Cole Hamels. Like, they're not going to be able to give you seven, eight innings strong. Like, either you're yeah. going to have to go to the I mean, bullpen in the six with all these guys. Cause- I mean, it's 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 going to be such a temporary – it's going to be an atemporal thing where – I mean, when, I mean, last season we didn't think we would need a guy like Daniel Murphy because we thought the lineup was Oh, and that came out of nowhere too. I mean, it really. I mean, but in reality we kind of needed a Daniel Murphy to, you know, spark things in that lineup, whereas – at the beginning of the season, we probably would have said, yeah, our bullpen will need help at the trade deadline when and when our bullpen was actually performing really well. Yeah, the bullpen. Obviously, we made, obviously we made a move for Jesse Chavez, who was huge. But at the end of the day, it's going to be – it's going to come down to how the team's looking at the deadline. I don't, I don't think it's going to – I don't think it's fair to make an, uh, an assumption about, like, the bullpen, about where, you know, where we're at now compared to where we're at in June or July. True, that is true. Like, you got to – wait and see how everything happens because fucking first it, it's like the Cubs playing halves like I recognize 2017 pitching staff came out looked like absolute horseshit 
offense was great the whole year, but the pitching staff just came out super shoddy. Mm-hmm. Last year, pitching staff started out pretty bad. Offense was great. And, like, all of a sudden, mid-August, it just switched, where the starting, yeah, like, starting pitching was giving us six innings, like, one run every night, and the offense is going to be shit. I mean, it helped with getting Cole Hamels oh, shoving every night he went out. The first month of Cole Hamels, he was just unhittable. But, uh, I don't know. This is the last year I think we're going to see this core starting pitching because, like, this year the Cubs have money issues. I was looking into it. We have there, – there's about $120 million coming off the books going into next year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money where that can go to starting pitching that can go to the bullpen because still all the hitters are under contract. And there's no – besides Arnado, there's, like, no big bats on the market next year that would fit on the Cubs. Um, is that it for Cubs talk? Anything else you want to talk about bring up? No, I mean, just just good that baseball is technically back. Oh yeah, I need I needed baseball because it just it gives me something to do, and I get bored as shit here in good old DeKalb. Yep. Let's go to basketball, college basketball, because we Let's looked do it. we looked at the NBA. There's nothing fun to talk about the NBA. Like we went through the playoff matchups, they all stink. Like there's there's no point in it. Like it, it would just stink. But uh, college basketball, Marquette last weekend had a huge win against Villanova on Marquette Day. Huge. Were you Huge. At, were you at the game or just in like an apartment or a bar? Uh, I just had I had people over the apartment because we had a lot of people visiting and stuff like that. So I mean, not a, almost nobody had tickets, and tickets were going for like over a hundred because I mean that's such a big game for National Marquette Day, and uh, so we just had people over our apartment. And it was it was a good time, big one. What is like National Marquette Day? Is like, can you explain? Because I really don't get it. I just know it's a big it's, party it's, day. It's just it's just. The, the school says that it's, you know, it celebrates everything Marquette and, you know, every, everything that we stand for, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's really just a day for students to start drinking at six in the morning. So it's not like an actual, like, it's not like someone's birthday. It's not like if Marquette. No, was it's, it was, it was, it, it started like probably 20, 30 years ago. Okay. So it fluctuates every day, every year. Yeah, and it's it, not. It's not. It's always a Saturday basketball game that they decide for the biggest game of the year. Was it two years ago? Was that uh, Marquette Day when they upset Nova when Nova was number one? No, that was a uh, that was another night. But that was I was at that game. Oh and that was the, that was the greatest sporting event I've ever attended. That's awesome. You're so fucking lucky. Like Northern basketball games, absolutely blow ass to go to. There are no more than two thousand people in the stands. Like Rita basketball games were so much more fun than these goddamn Northern games. Oh, I bet. I mean, Rita basketball games are fucking great, but I mean the fact that Marquette plays in an NBA stadium. Yeah, we all we always get a crowd, even if the team isn't that great. I mean, the team is always going to be like fairly decent because you know we play in a decent conference. Blah blah blah. Always get good recruits, but I'm saying like relative to what we should be. But now this team is is solid as fuck. Before. And- before and we get the, in, one second, before we get into Marquette, because like you're going into the players, I want to get into like all the players because I like watching Marquette a lot. I just want to get pissed off about my high school days, our high school days, how our basketball team never won shit, and we had five D one starters on the team. I really want to comprehend that. We had Charles Matthews go to Kentucky; he's now at Michigan. Vic Law go to Northwestern. We had a kid, our point guard, Armani Cheney went to like Tennessee State. Uh, we had our center go to Scene Hall. And then uh, our power forward went D3. Our power, yeah, it was the next year that we had, we had a transfer that went to Tulane. Okay, so we had four D1 starters one year, and then the next year we had another four. And we yeah. didn't – we didn't ever got past the sectional because of fucking Jalil Okafor and Ed Morrow. Ed Dude, Morrow. I mean, if you, if you explain this to somebody from, like, 
Indiana or not Indiana because Indiana is a pretty good high school basketball uh, producer, but like somebody from like Kansas, mm-hmm. the, the amount of the amount of like great basketball players that just come out of our our, our Chicago area? Land area is sickening. Like fucking, I don't, like team wise, it was an awesome game to watch team wise. But there were games between the number one and two high school player like Jill Okafor and Cliff Alexander just fucking those highlights are just unreal highlights. Oh, I know. But like I said about Ed Morrow, went to Simeon. He's now in Marquette, and he's a fucking dog. He's not, like, the tallest guy, but he's an absolute monster on the boards. He's, like, bad boy thick. He's got an ass, and he, like, tosses around his arms. Like, every ball is his if it's, like, even close to him. Um, yeah, I mean, Morrow, Morrow's a really scrappy guy. Not not a great scorer at all, but But they don't really fucking scrappy. need him. We don't need him too because our, I mean we got the Hauser brothers and Howard, but really our our big you know our big man is Theo John. Theo John's our is really our our guy. I mean he's a our real man in the middle who he's leading the Big East in blocks. He's you know he's cleaning up boards like crazy, and and this is I mean this is nuts. He the guy just did an absolute one eighty compared to when he was a freshman. He was coming off the bench when he was a freshman. He looked like he was playing with two left feet. And now he's like a huge, huge part of this team. That's like a big ass part of Marquette's like success this year. Like if you think of Marquette and you ask like the average college basketball fan, they'll probably say like, "Oh yeah, they have that Howard kid who can shoot a lot of threes, and like they probably play no defense." Oh no, no sir, that guy would be very wrong. Marquette plays awesome ass defense. Like yeah, and that's I mean, and that's not partic- That's not usual for us. I mean, if you watch us last year. You'd be like, "Wow, these guys could score like crazy, but cannot play an inch of defense." And because we because we had Andrew Rousey, who was like five eight, but could shoot the lights out. Mm-hmm. But if like defense is what won you that Villanova game, like Marcus Howard was fucking in fuego. What did he have like yeah. thirty eight points or something? Yeah, I mean the every every game that Marcus Howard plays, it seems like he's getting a quiet thirty. Yeah, like you, you it's like you don't even notice it. He's nuts. Um. But, yeah, he had, like, upper 30s, but the rest of the team just, like, didn't want to show up offensively. Mm-hmm. And if the defense doesn't play that, you guys would have got killed by Nova. Oh, but for sure. the defense was fucking stout. There were just five-minute stretches in the game where Nova, could Nova like, had no points. And it, was just, it wasn't like, oh, we're getting open shots and missing. They weren't even getting anything. Yeah, it was it – was... I mean, and it's just uh, – it's so opposite of what I've seen from Marquette basketball during my time here. Uh-huh. But now, I mean, now that the fact that they can play defense and still score at almost the same rate as they used to, now they're a top-10 basketball team. And it literally just took us learning how to play defense and learning how to rebound. <laughs> Rebounding and defense, very important. Um, let's start a little bit more more Marquette while I'm getting up, like, other team stats, like – is this Marcus Howard, no matter what, last year? Like, is he done? No. I, I think there is a strong – or not a strong, a fair possibility that he does come back for his senior year. Really? Yeah. I mean, because his draft stock still won't be all that high. He's he's still 5'11". I, and the thing is, if, if he's projected to go anything less than uh, probably a top 15 pick, I think he stays back in Marquette. Okay. But I, which I mean, it's a pot. I mean, if he just go, I mean, if he just goes on an absolute tear during the Big East tournament and the in the NCAA tournament, yeah, I mean, they they scouts can look at this guy and be like, 
this guy could score as my I mean, this guy could just score and score and score. I mean, why not take a chance on him? Oh, I think he's like I wouldn't even say a four man's like Trey Young, but he has the six not me, I don't know if I would say the same ceiling, but a similar ceiling to Trey Young for a lot less of the investment. Yeah, I think Trey Young Trey Young's a better passer. Trey Young is I mean, he, they pretty much played the same game, but Trey Young, he's, I, I, I don't know what Trey Young's height is. Trey Young's a little bit taller, I think. Uh, maybe. I really don't care. I would, I'm not even a Bulls fan. I would love to see the Bulls get Trey Young. Like, say, say the Bulls this year and Marcus Howard comes out, they get like the fifth pick. That's no great in this draft. It's not great. Like, you're not getting Zion, you're not getting RJ Barrett. But like, yeah, I think after after the top three, it kind of drops. But after John ja, after John ja Morant, it kind of drops. Yeah. So if the Bulls can't get a top three pick, I would want them as a Bulls fan to like drop back to maybe ten, twelve, just whatever pick that can guarantee, like Marcus Howard, because having Marcus Howard stretch out that team, because the Bulls, the one thing they don't have is a point guard that can shoot threes, like he, a mm-hmm. point guard that can stretch the court. But if you got Marcus Howard, Zach Levine, uh, Laurie Markkinen. And uh, Wendell Carter, like that's a really strong core. And yeah, I mean that's, I mean that that would be that would be awesome. I would love to see Marcus Howard playing for the Bulls, but I'd rather him play a senior year for Marquette. Oh yeah. And uh, but the thing is, is I think all NBA scouts are gonna just say this guy is too short. There's point guards that are six three that are gonna fucking, I mean they're gonna annihilate him on the court. And the thing is. The, the 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 current trend with point guards in the NBA is that they're all freak athletes, whereas Marcus Howard isn't that. He's not some like freak athlete that's not going to jump jump through the ceiling. Uh huh. No, but I do like the. Guy I mean, a he's lot. never he's never dunked in one game. He still hasn't dunked. Poor guy. I've never. I, at least I, I don't think he has dunked. Well, I hope once. he can do it in like the gym. But oh no, he definitely can do it in the gym. But he's, he's never going to do it in game. Yeah, Northern basketball, like I said before, we suck. We're not going to talk about Northern basketball. But next team we can move on to because, I don't know, I have the roster up and I want to talk about them, Kentucky. Kentucky is good this year. And for some reason, this is like the first time I can remember with a Cal-Kentucky team, like no one is talking about them. Everyone is just obsessed with Duke and Duke. And then even some more Duke after that. Like, of course, obviously Zion Williamson's a fucking walking highlight reel. Like, the team's insane. Mm-hmm. They just, like, literally ripped down Louisville's pants and just, like, slapped him in yeah. the ass cheek and, like, left them looking there like absolute idiots. So, like, they deserve all the media coverage they get, but no one's talking about Kentucky. And Kentucky is, a like, a high-quality Final Four team this year to me. Yeah, I mean, and they're – I mean, if they play – if they if they get placed in – because they'll probably end up being a two. If they get placed in a, in a bracket with, like, Tennessee or, like, Gonzaga, they're going to be in the Final Four. Uh-huh. Right now, they're like because the NCAA did their net rankings. They like, did a top sixteen seed. Like if the final or the March Madness started today, right now they're slotted as a two seed with the one seed being Virginia. Like Virginia, a pretty good basketball team. I like Virginia. I think Virginia's a top five team in the country. Like they just can't beat Duke, but I think they can beat absolutely everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that would be a very nice elite game, elite eight game, Kentucky Virginia. But I don't know. Kentucky had a lot of guys come back from last year. And for being a mostly young team with mostly freshmen and sophomores, getting no media coverage must be so nice for Cal. Like, he doesn't have to worry about ESPN on his ass for every single interview. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's what he's used to, too. I mean, when he's had guys like Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis in the, in the season when he went undefeated, 
I mean, it was the same thing what you're seeing with Duke now. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't really have that while his team being still awesome. Oh, they're fucking great. Like, they play awesome defense. They had a guy, it was like the opening week of tip-offs. I think they were playing Kansas or I think it might have been Kansas. It was some team in blue. Some guy in Kentucky had like eight steals in the game. Like, their guard defense is awesome. They can score on the outside. Tyler Hero is a boss. They have a center, P.J. Washington. or P- Yeah, P.J. Washington came back. He's a sophomore. He's a mm-hmm. stud down low. Like, this team is fully rounded. They play awesome defense. They like to rebound, except when there's, like, one second left against LSU. Bad call, but they end up losing the game. Bono, Kentucky, I like them a lot. Yeah, I mean, and the the thing is what uh, – I mean, now they're going to – after that loss to LSU, which was, I mean, a little bit bullshit, but you never knew what was going to happen in OT. But now you're going to see them drop just a little bit. And – I don't know where you're gonna where you're gonna put the. I, I mean, with Nevada still sitting at seven, you're gonna probably see Nevada at like five. And Nevada is just it's they're good. not. I mean, they're yeah. I mean, they're good. They're, I mean, they're they were, they showed in the tournament last year that they're that they're for real. But I mean, when they're used to playing nobody throughout the entire season, how do you expect them to really go through? I mean, obviously they did it last year, but. If if they run into like a Kansas State in the round of thirty two, they could get they could get upset pretty easily. Oh, Nevada definitely can because they are mostly two dominant players with the two uh, Martin twins, but they can fucking hoop. And oh my god, they went into Loyola this year after getting upset in the tournament and just absolutely stuck it to Loyola. I think they beat them by like twenty five to thirty points. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. As a, as an alumni of the Loyola Academy, the Loyola L U C whatever. Um. Sorry about that. My roommate came back and tried to move to my room. I'm flustered. Uh, oh, fuck my notebook. One second. Yeah, my new roommate just walked in. And for everyone at home, my roommate speaks no English. So me and him like can't communicate unless it's through Google Translate. So things are yeah. going great. Um, another another uh, mention is... Uh... I mean, we're they're listed as a three seed right now as Purdue. I mean, Carson Edwards is another. Oh, he's a boss, and him being a lefty too makes him so much cooler. Yeah. Um, they have, of course, a very tall white. They've had a tall white for as, last, as like, last decade. You have to have like that seven foot white, um, that cares about their hair. Um, let's see who else is pretty good. Because I mean, every every you know. Every tournament team just needs that one guy that just goes on a tear, and Purdue has that with Edwards. Oh, yeah. I just don't know if they have enough around him to where in Big Ten play it won't matter, but say they just face some random 7C that has a lockdown defender that can at least contain Carson Edwards. Mm. I don't know if they have enough surrounding scoring to, like, back him up. Yeah. Like, a very good team. The Big Ten, like, quietly is stacked this year, top to bottom. Even their bottom tier teams are pretty damn good, but Purdue, I think it's gonna be like a sweet sixteen team, but I don't know how much past that. Um Kansas, Kansas State or Kansas just stinks this year. Like for some reason they're still top twenty. They probably are still gonna win the Big Twelve some bullshit way. Yeah, I mean that's I mean it's just Bill Self finding a way to big win the Big Twelve, even when his team does not deserve it. Oh, when there's like no reason at all that they should win it, but They'll end up winning it. I what's think, what's the streak at now? They they won it like it's nineteen what? years. Yeah, 
It's I think it's about as long like a year younger than I am. That's nuts. That's I mean, that's just consistency, man. Just owning that conference. And it's I a mean, good conference too, like it is. <laughs> I mean, you've you've had, you've seen some really good Iowa State teams, you see some good West Virginia teams, and Kansas continues to fucking win this thing every year. And they just shit on it. It's like, oh, it's disgusting. But uh other teams we can talk about. Virginia, two losses both to Duke. I know, like, the whole national media, like, sensation is Virginia doesn't play offense. Like, they just, like, run out the clock and just, like, shoot with five seconds left. They hung in with Duke, and Duke was shooting, like, I don't know if you watched the game. I don't think you were. I saw bits I saw bits and pieces. From the opening tip, Duke hit, like, five straight threes in the first two minutes. Like, it should have been an absolute bloody mess, just a disgusting watch, and Virginia just kept hanging in there. Like, they just kept it around eight, ten points. Mm-hmm. And, like, that – I don't know what it shows because they still lost. But, like, when Duke basically shot 60% from three from the game, they were still basically in the game. And, for, like, losses don't matter, but that loss kind of matters to me as a fan. Yeah. Um, other teams. Michigan lost to Penn State yesterday. Shout out Charles Matthews. I hope they go to the Final Four again. <laughs> I, I still love that how senior year we were in a – sports journalism class and he was at that time he was going to Kentucky and every week we had to write like a sports report and then present on it he was going to Kentucky and I'm a big Wisconsin fan and that weekend Wisconsin was playing Kentucky my last name's Larson his last name's Matthews we went back to back Wisconsin was going to win his was about how Kentucky was going to win Wisconsin got the upset I've never been prouder like as a person and as a fan and like an analyst I don't know why, but I was so proud of myself. Yeah, I mean, that was that was just a great class overall. It was. Fucking, it literally was, all right, write one paper about something you want to present next week, and then, all right, here's your A. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, having Coach O'Sullivan just, oh, yeah, let's just throw on another 30 for 30 and uh, just chillax. Wait oh, I love, lunch. I love the joke classes Rita have, has. Um. Tennessee, they're number one still. I don't – they're 22-1. and one. Like, they're good. But, like, I don't see them as a Final Four team. I don't see them as an Elite Eight team. Like, they're just there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and it's so – it's so disrespectful to say about a one-loss SEC team. But, really, when I watch them, like, there's nothing – there's nothing about Tennessee that blows me away. No. And as we're speaking, Tennessee's blowing out South Carolina 41-23. to Well, I mean, South Carolina's bad. I agree. Actually, bad. I think that was like a 15-point spread. Well, they're covering already. Um, Villanova's 13. They just lost. But they got their shit together. They gave – what were they up to, like a 3-4 record to start the year? And ever since – Yeah, they – I mean, earlier in the year, I think it was like probably the first or second game of the year. And uh, Villanova was at home playing the replay of the national championship against Michigan. Right out of the gate. Michigan just Boat race. fucking hammered them down and won by, like, 40. And I was just watching, and I'm like, oh, my God, Villanova is fucking – is going to be terrible this year. And it's mm-hmm. going to be and – I, and I thought with Villanova looking that bad, the Big East is just going to look even worse because nobody – I mean, that, they, at the time, Villanova was the only ranked Big East team. Mm-hmm. And it was it was kind of looking like the Big East was going to be really weak, which it kind of is relative to prior years. But having Villanova be decent makes Marquette look better. 
Oh, it does. And even though they lost the game against Marquette, like, how the fuck did they stay in that game? I really don't understand how. But they've turned around. What did they lose to? Who was the other loss? Was it Fernham or? Yeah, they lost. No, Furman. 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 Okay. Yeah. Furman. Not even, barely even D1. But ever since that, they've got their shit together. That They'll was be knocked very... After Furman beat Villanova, they were like, t- they were undefeated at the time. I think you were like six or seven and all. And they fucking put them, and the AP put them at 25. <laughs> Furman. They had another ranked win too, Furman. And, like, they were still just 25. They're like, yeah, fuck off. And now they're not even ranked. Do they get a vote? No, I don't think they, I don't nope. think they have any votes anymore. They probably they did not. They definitely lost by now. They did not receive any votes. No. There are no ranked teams in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is disgustingly bad at basketball this year. Just They were disgustingly bad at everything. Football, they stunk. Basketball, they stink. Like They normally, I mean, obviously, with, you've seen some good Oregon teams and you've seen some good, I, you've seen some really good Arizona teams, but the Pac-12 is just kind of pathetic. I do find it funny as shit. Like, during an FBI investigation, Arizona still has the number one recruiting class for next year. Like, these 18-year-olds really don't give a shit. They're like, I'm, I'll still get my money. Like, I'll yeah. be here for a year. I'll get my bag, and then I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to care if I take the money. They're just going to care if the school gives me the money. They're like, hey, you might not be able to play in the tournament. Like, okay, do I still have to go, like, top ten in the draft? Yes. All right, cool. Mm. Um, trying to go through the other teams. There's not a lot of other teams. I mean, Gonzaga's Gonzaga. Oh yeah, yeah, still decent. They have one of the best players in the nation. With uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. It's like Huey, or it's like Rui. I don't even know how to pronounce it. That guy. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and uh, I'm gonna pull it up and try to pronounce it. Um, They have another. They have a bunch of cool names. They have a guy named Killian Tilly. Rui Hashimura. Ooh, isn't he a, a big? Yeah, he's a big man. He's a right, big forward. Right. He's gonna be a big. He's gonna be a big uh, NBA prospect. And I heard he only started playing basketball a couple of years ago. Those stories are funny as shit to me. I mean, Joel Embiid started playing when he was sixteen. Like how? That's nuts. That like you're that naturally gifted as a human being, where it's like, hey, this thing this kid's been practicing since he's three years old. Yeah, I'm just gonna pick up a basketball one day and just be ten times better than you. Well, no, I mean, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the high school just sees this kid and says, okay, I could turn – look at the size of this kid. He looks like a just a pure athlete. I'm going to turn him into a great basketball player because usually this, this happens to always big men because you don't really have to develop their ball handling skills all that much. You just have to teach them how to play in the paint and play defense. Uh-huh. But fucking – I don't know. They're very good. They – it was obviously the beginning of the season. Teams grow. But them going toe-to-toe with Duke, missing a top-two player on their team, but, like, still won the game. And, then yes, it was, like, the Maui tournament. So, mm-hmm. later in the year will matter. But they're also fun as shit to watch. Like, they can score a bazillion points. Yeah. They're and they, up and down the court flying. I think it was, like, over – it was, like, over, like, a 10-game stretch. They were, their average margin of victory was something along the lines of, like, 30 points. That's fucking nuts. I mean, I know that they play a bunch of nobodies, but still, that's just insanity. It is. Um, Michigan State, not interested in them. Texas Tech, don't really know much. Louisville, you you don't go to a Final Four after losing a game like that. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, I mean, speaking of that game, should we just talk about Duke? They're good. I mean, it's they're, – they, <laughs> they're good. They just look like freaking world beaters and – the thing is, in the tournament, 
Duke, I mean, it's it showed last night. Duke only has to play 10 minutes of Duke basketball to win every fucking game they play. I don't know why they don't do it more. But when Duke full court presses, it's absolutely fucking terrifying. Oh, I mean, I mean, Louisville just shit their britches last night. <laughs> it, like, it's fucking insane. Like, R.J. Barrett, I don't know, like, complete measures, but he's tall, long as shit. Cam Reddish, same thing. Zion Williamson yeah. is an absolute freak. Zion Williamson, his feet were on the opposite block when a guy from Virginia was shooting in the corner three. He blocked the shot. Yeah. The guy caught it when he was on the other block. And this motherfucker jumped, like, probably would have touched the rim if the rim was, like, 11 and a half. It was nuts. Like, they're all freaks of nature. You can't go up and down a court like that for 40 minutes and win a game. Like, you just won't. I don't know why they don't full court press the entire game. No, I mean, it's it's just so – I mean, how do you beat Duke? I know two teams uh, have done it already. Well, the Syracuse one I think is bullshit just because they were, they were missing uh, – was it Cam Reddish? Yeah, it was. I think it was. I would think it was Reddish, but uh, it, it shouldn't matter because they still have that much more talent than Syracuse. But like, I really don't care for injuries. Those games really don't matter to me. No, I mean it's just it's it makes it makes it hard to like like with with Marquette being as good as they are this year. It's just so hard to say that anybody is going to beat Duke. Well, the tournament's always weird. Random shit happens. The best team rarely wins. Um, but Duke wise, like I don't to beat them, what Gonzaga basically did was we're going to make probably fifty percent of our threes. Every open three it will go in, and we're also gonna make some bullshit layups where we just toss it up and get an end one. Mm-hmm. Like that's basically it. And then the thing is, Gonzaga completely outplayed them the entire game. And like the last three possessions, RJ Barrett just went to the rack. Missed the layup, missed the layup, missed the layup. Like each time, Zion did not touch the ball like the last three possessions, which is just bananas to me. I saw a stat where like RJ Barrett and Zion have made the same amount of shots this year, and RJ Barrett's taken like 130 more. <sighs> it's that's that's a wild stat. It was crazy. It's like it might have been like one or two difference, but it's like, yeah, they basically had the same amount of field goals made while RJ Barrett shot like 130 more shots. And I was Jesus. just looking at him like, if you're the coach, like Coach K, pretty good coach I've heard. Well, you you got to like reel him in a little. Be like, hey, we're going to let number one get a few more shots today, all right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, like the did – you, did you hear what uh, Zion said in the, in the post-game interview? When they I asked When they asked him uh, – What do you, What Coach K said? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I don't, yeah, he's, he's, I don't, coach, I don't coach fucking losers. I coach yeah. winners. Yeah. I love that. I hate Coach K. I don't hate Coach A, but I'm kind of like upset that uh, did he beat Wisconsin a couple of years ago when he paid the refs at halftime? But that line's awesome. Ooh, would you like to know a fun fact about my family and Coach K? I think you've mentioned it on the podcast already. I don't know if I've mentioned it. In yeah, the it was, yeah, you mentioned that it was like your grandma. Um... My grandma was like high school friends with Coach K. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you mentioned you just... you've mentioned it on here before. My grandma's a fucking like a crazy thing, like. When she was in her 20s, Pete Rose asked her out on a date. And she said no because she was dating my grandpa. What a loyal lady. Wow. My grandma's the best. But that, those two stories just nuts, nuts to me. Um, other team-wise, we're, we've gone pretty long college basketball-wise. Yeah, That's we good. definitely have. Um, Houston has one loss, but they play a bunch of nobodies. And they don't even have the cool guy with the man bun anymore. Yeah. That'll be no fun to watch. 
Um, North Carolina, I want to like them and, like, go in on them, but, like, there's nothing there that's, like, convincing me. Yeah, they they, they got some question marks. Um, Virginia's just beating everyone except Duke, <laughs> and that's hard to blame them. Yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully they just don't run into UMBC again. Hey, they get they get feisty in late March. Um, going through the top twenty five, like I was going before, Florida State, uh, sure, Kansas State, eh, LSU, good win against Kentucky. Yeah, that was a wrong call at the end of the game, but like, still a fucking good game to win. Wisconsin lost two in a row to Michigan, Michigan State. Iowa's had some pretty good wins this year. Um, Virginia Tech, eh, Iowa State, eh. Virginia, Virginia Tech started out great. They were a top 10 team, and then they lost back to back last week and then plummeted. Yeah, they fell 11 spots. Um, what's this ranking? Oh, yeah, the trend is they dropped 11 spots in the last ranking. Maryland at 24. For some reason, they started out really hot, and I don't know if they lost a couple in a row or something, but they, they're just getting no, like, attention. They were pretty decent, but Buffalo, uh, yeah. the only Mac. Buffalo's the only MAC team in the top 25. They stink. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. not that great. I watched Maryland play against U of I, like, I think it was like two weeks ago. And I actually bet on Maryland, and they nothing about Maryland impressed me at all. No. U of I is showing some signs. Like, yeah, they they're do, they turning it Michigan around. State. Yeah, and they had, like, talking about Gonzaga. I think they lost by, like, four or six against Gonzaga, like, beginning of the year. Yeah, but that's still fucking impressive that you're going toe-to-toe with these big guys. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there are some notable wins for Illinois. They had a couple-game win streak. Um, one second. We got a couple local guys from there. A.O. Debujibuda, that guy's name. But, yeah, just goes by A.O. He's really good. I've always, like, doubted him ever since, like, watching him in high school. I never thought he was that good. I'm wrong. I've been proved wrong. I'll admit it. I'm a bigger man than most. Um, but, yeah, lately, beat Michigan State, pretty cool. Beat Rutgers, pretty cool. Um, they're on a – they have won – they've won four of the last five. They're they're turning it around. Yeah, I mean, they're – I mean, they, they won't even get an NIT invite this year, but maybe, maybe look forward to them in the future. It's a good time to be an Illinois basketball fan. Shout out, TJ. Um, anything else you want to bring up? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really itching. I mean, we, we talked about how much we're itching for baseball. I'm also itching for March Madness. March oh, Madness yeah. is, March Madness is my favorite playoffs of any sport. I fucking love March Madness. I love it for the gambling. I love it for the watching. I just love it all. I mean, you just um, get, I mean, the first weekend is, is like oh, that first, that first Thursday, you wake up like it's Christmas morning and you just watch. I mean, you get what? What is it? You get, you get thirty. You get thirty-two games on Friday, uh, Thursday, and Friday, and then another sixteen another on Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So, that Thursday I have class during the day, but they're like easy classes. I can just pull out my laptop and watch. But that Friday, I have a class from nine to ten a.m. and I am done. That yeah, weekend, I don't. Just... I don't have classes on Fridays. Period. Oh, that's great. That so... is just. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, uh, and then Thursdays I start really. If Marquette is playing on that Thursday during when I have class, I I mean, hopefully my professors are courteous enough to just cancel the class, but they gotta know I'm not coming. <laughs> um, since Matt's not here, I'll shout out for him. Let me get the exact handle on Twitter. Our third leg of 
the podcast, Matthew has started his own blog. He's a journalism major. Makes sense to start a blog. You know, you might want to have some writing experience when you graduate college. Um, go follow it on Twitter at Second City Rep. Stands for Second City Report. Matt's the only one that's written on there before. I will have some blogs up there. A lot of college basketball to come on that blog. A lot of picks. Um, once the tournament gets here, I'm going to go through all the games. It'll be fun. Yeah, getting, getting into that blogging game. Uh, fucking, I'm a nurse's aide. I'm a podcaster and now a blogger. Like, how am I single? Triple, I just triple threat. I just want to know how I'm single. But, um, ladies, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Hit me up. Um, that's it. All I got. Do you have anything, anything else? Nah. I mean, I, we, I can't believe we ran college basketball that long. That's crazy. Like if, and we basically did Cubs for eight minutes and then 32 minutes of basketball. I'm proud of us. This was good. And it wasn't a lot of pandering. We had substance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, with a lot of, a lot of Marquette, but that's, that's because I just, that's okay. I, you go to Marquette. Yeah. Understand. I mean, that's, that's, that's just what it is. Oh, and, uh, Hawks are back. Yeah. All right, see you next week. See you.